This is Radio Aficionando en Inglés. This podcast is brought to you by Radio Edu, Junta de Extremadura's Educational Radio. Welcome to C2 English Matters, the C2 podcast in English of Escuela Oficial de Idiomas Mérida's Radio Edu Project, Radio Aficionando. I'm Antonio Pérez Vicente. And I am Aurora García Encinas. In today's episode, Language Matters, we are talking about why the world has only two words for tea with Manuela Valares Garrote and why we must save dying tongues with Susana García San José and Jara Bravo Galán. We also have a little quiz for you at the end of the show, so make sure you listen all the way through. Now it's time to welcome Manuela Valares Garrote to our show. She's going to tell us about the word tea and why the world has only two words for it. Hi, Manuela. Thanks for joining us. Hi, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, I would like to start with some questions. Have you ever ordered tea in another country? Have you realized how it is pronounced similarly? Actually, I have. I've lived in China for a few years and even there you can find the two words. You are absolutely right. The word tea has its origin in China, but there are many varieties of Chinese languages. On land, it was pronounced cha, but in coastal areas, it was pronounced tea. Right, but how did it spread all over the world? The land version cha was spread in Central Asia by trade in the Silk Road, while the coastal version spread to Europe by the Dutch sea trading routes between Europe and Asia. Interesting. So do you mean both versions represent two different ways of trading? Exactly. So, remember, if the word for tea sounds like tea in your language, it was brought to you via water. But if it sounds like cha, it got there through land. Wow, it's astonishing how relevant trading routes have been in the way world spread worldwide. Antonio, did you know that at least 100 languages around the world have only a handful of speakers? According to Rachel Neuer, a freelance journalist, many of these languages are in serious danger of dying out. Really? I can't believe it. I've never thought about it. Jara Bravo Galán is here with us to tell us all about it. Welcome, Jara. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Let me tell you Tom Bell's story. He's one of the very few Cherokees who still speaks their native tongue. Although he started kindergarten in English early, he never forgot his roots. Later, he traveled to meet the love of his life, another Cherokee, who didn't speak their language. And when starting a family, he realized that inevitably his future offspring will no longer speak his tongue. So, do you mean that this language is doomed to disappear? Is there anything we can do to reverse this? Is it a question of encouraging native speakers to use their language? Well, it's not only a question related to the lack of practice or the fact that many natives refuse to speak their mother tongue for no reason. If we analyze it more deeply, minority languages have been displaced by a dominant one just for political and economic reasons. Yes, exactly. To make matters worse, ethnic minorities have been persecuted throughout history. 
and we cannot turn a blind eye to the strong implication this had had for their survival or the survival of their languages. Uh, this is still the case today. It absolutely holds water. 